Welcome to the All About Elephants show on AAA Radio. My name is Nikita Dhaban, and today we are here with a very special guest, Mark Stratton. He is an internationally acclaimed travel writer, journalist, radio broadcaster, and truly an inspirational advocate, animal advocate. He has recently started a campaign advocating for the freedom of Bronca, an Asian elephant confined in the Yerevan Zoo in Armenia. Thank you so much for joining us today, Mark. How are you? I'm very well and uh, very honoured to speak to you as well with your amazing campaign you're coming out for the uh, release of Shankar. It's truly inspirational. Thank you. Thank you so much uh, for being here today. And uh, why don't we just start off with you telling us about yourself and your work? Well, as you said, I'm a, I'm a travel journalist um, I and radio, record, radio broadcaster. I, I err on the side of nature, wildlife and um, sort of eco travel. So I'm very interested in those areas of, of travel. And I, I travel to a lot of remote and wild places. So over the years, I've had lots of really fantastic wildlife encounters. So wildlife is a very strong theme and also traveling in a more sustainable fashion. So um, so that that's really my interest in the travel sector. Wow, yeah, that's. I went through your website and all you've done is amazing. You're into so many different fields. And I mean, being a journalist, radio broadcaster, there's so many things. And I believe on one of your travels to Armenia, that's where you actually met Bunka. So um, just, I just, um, was very intrigued by it. And just tell us about the story of the Bunko campaign, just, you know, background on him, the conditions he's in, or how you felt when you first saw him. Just the general campaign would be really interesting to learn about. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I was. it was back in February 2021, so during the pandemic. And I travelled um, to do a, um, a, a radio broadcast for BBC down in Armenia, um, which is a, a small... And, and really lovely country in the mountains um, in the Caucasus region. And um, I, I went down there and I was, ha- I had to get a permit to travel to a certain part of the country. And so I had a few days to spare in Yerevan, which is the capital. And I wouldn't go anywhere near a zoo. I, I really, I'll be upfront, I really detest zoos um, and the captivity of animals. And, but I was, as an elephant lover, I was advised that there was a solitary elephant in Yerevan Zoo and I had a bit of time and I thought I'd go over and see what uh, his conditions were like. And he was indeed Bunker. And yeah, I mean, I was horrified to, to be, to be brutally honest. Um, it was a very cold, snowy day. So we're talking about a, an Asian elephant, and this resonates perhaps with a campaign for Lucy in um, Edmonton Zoo, um, a, a, an, an animal which belongs in a, in a, in a, in a warmer tropical environment, um, trudging around in snow. Uh, but when I first saw him, he was stuck inside a very, very small barn. Um, and had he gone outside, he would have walked out into a, a, a small concrete enclosure with no water and no enrichment activities whatsoever. Uh, it was pretty depressing. Um, I, I did my work in Armenia, and I went, I went back uh, to the zoo um, on a sunnier day. And I, I, this is when it really um, resonated with me, the condition he was in, and, and I really felt a connection. Um, he came out of his barn on a sunny day. He looked very listless, very lacking energy. Uh, there was nobody else there. He, he walked over to me. 
just flopped his trunk over the um, over the railings, and he just looked dead. His eyes looked dead. There was nothing nothing there at all. It was it was very very sad. And um, then he turned around after a couple of minutes and just walked back into his barn. And it was a warm day, but he had no water in his pool, so you know there was just nothing for him to do. And it, it was it was very heartbreaking. So. I mean, that was the kind of inspiration. I, I did a bit of, so, I posted a few things on social media at the time and there was uh, concern and it, it, and gradually we've worked up to launching, we call ourselves Friends of Bunker, that's myself and, uh, and a good friend called Tina. And we are, you know, pursuing, well, trying to pursue a campaign to see if we can get him released. So, but it was, that was, it was, it was just seeing an animal in, with so much lethargy, with so much um, lack of interest in the surroundings around him. And this is a a 15-year-old boy. He was 14 at the time. And obviously he's solitary, so he's got no companionship. So it was pretty heartbreaking. And I I don't think I've, I mean, I I feel empathy for animals all the time and and their plight and when things go wrong for them. Um, But this was really quite, um, really quite impactful, actually, yeah. Right. Yeah, I think what you were mentioning, it's such a common problem in zoos that there's absolutely no enrichment or physical or intellectual stimulation. And people don't realize how much space and um, range elephants have in their natural habitats and how important companionship is to them. And I was looking at the video of Bunka and it was heartbreaking. Um, I was just wondering, what is his history? Was he always born? Was he born in a zoo? Was his life always in captivity? What was it for him in the past? Yeah, it's it's for him. Uh, all he's known is um, miserable concrete zoos. And he he started life and he was born in Tbilisi, which is um, the capital of neighbouring Georgia. Again, Georgia, a, a, an amazingly um, lovely country, um, but with a terrible zoo. <laughs> it's really horrible. Uh, it's just concrete and. It's unpleasant, and and he he began life there. He was living with his mother Malka, um, the father of uh, Bunker. Um, it was called uh, Bacho, who's long since died. Uh, another elephant dying very early in captivity, which is pretty much the norm, really. And he um, unfortunately, Bunker was transferred away from mother um, and to uh, Yerevan Zoo in Armenia when he was aged around six. And it was basically a swap because the existing elephant called Grand, who was in Yerevan Zoo, was, di- was, was exhibiting a, some very bad health problems and also uh, signs of stress and aggression. And so he was transferred to Tbilisi. So he now lives with um, Bunker's mother. And, um, Grand, and unfortunately, Bunker went the other way to Yerevan to be by himself. So age six, he's been taken away from his mother and he has been, um, you know, living life alone for now for the last um, seven or eight years. So uh, really quite desperate. Right. And um, the way you're making it sound, it, or it sort of sounds like a cycle. Just, you know, once the elephant gets sick, you put them with a companion. So then you just transfer another elephant into the same condition and put Bunka through that suffering. And this sort of goes on and on. And, um, and you talked about posting things on social media and so how did that transition into, you know, starting a petition and all the, you know, uh, steps after that? Because you've done a lot with the campaign. So how did that sort of evolve? 
Well, I think we're, we're only really just just beginning, and you know, we we look at we've looked at certainly other campaigns like like your own campaign and some of the uh, long existing campaigns for Lucy and <clears throat> excuse me, Happy and Billy, etc., and many other elephants in a, in a dire situation around the world. And you know, you you try to emulate um, um, the way they have gone about it. Um, for us. Um, it just felt like it was the right time to act. And the petition seemed a good idea. We wanted to first gauge what international response would be like towards his plight. And we got a lot of very sympathetic messages and supports and and people on social media. So that, that was very um, encouraging to know there was a lot of people out there who cared. Um, we've also had a lot of very, um, very good backers, organization also recently born free um uh, posted a posted a a, a a piece on bunker on their website and support the campaign and we've had a lot of organizations involved with um trying to free um elephants uh from zoo situations and um we're very very grateful for that so that gave us mm-hmm. heart to know that internationally we were backed but for us the the challenge is always going to be um working in a for instance, your campaign, Nikita, you're based in India. Um, yeah. The issue with Shankar is around Delhi. Um, so you've got an easier access, let's say, to the to the media, to the courts, etc. And the same with, for instance, Lucy, a lot of the campaigners, Canadian campaigners. Um, for us, it's it's working in a, in a, in a completely different language, um, being remote and removed um, from that country. <clears throat> and knowing what politicians are like, uh, if you get a couple of, let's say, um, foreigners who, who, who start saying, oh, you've got to free your elephant, uh, their response will be, how dare you tell us what to do with our elephant? Mm. Um, he's ours. And so we, what we've been looking to do now is to try and build up consensus and support in Armenia. That's what we've been working on. Um, we, want to, we want to try and engage people in Armenia um, to, to feel that empathy, because we know there's some really great conservation work been going on in the country. And so we've, we've made contact with various um, animal welfare activists and um, organ- organisations who've done some terrific conservation work. So what we're doing at the moment is, is trying to put together like a, a, a local co- coalition, because we feel mm-hmm. that um, the Armenian authorities will respond better if pressure is coming um, internally. Um, than just say a couple of people from the UK um, shouting, "You've got to let Bunker go." Um, so right. that's 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 the, that's the that's kind of our thrust at the moment. Um, yeah, and we hope to go back soon and, and pay him a visit and also meet with some of those people. Um, we we hope will will join us in Armenia on this um, on this you know this this battle. Okay, yeah, that's really interesting. And I was just wondering about the authorities. Have you? approach the zoo or the court so far in Armenia what what do you think has been the general response at least from the zoo well it's not been good I, I won't I won't I won't pretend um that we we had a we had a really good um a really good break initially um where there was a, a deputy zookeeper the zookeepers it since we've been going the zookeeper has changed we're now on the third, third one um so mm-hmm. the zoo is problematic um, financially cash-strapped, and um, there's a lot of politics going around it. Um, so the the the, the previous uh, zoo director was somebody I actually knew, um, uh, who's a 
terrific lady, a really good conservationist, um, was working for a conservation organization in Armenia. And she was asked to step in and, and because the zoo was, was, you know, facing some problems. And she stepped in for a few months um, before leaving. But for a while, you know, I had somebody there who I knew was um, very passionate about animal welfare. Uh, but she's not there now, but, we, but she's certainly helping us now uh, inside. We have sent letters to the authorities and we've had no response whatsoever mm-hmm. to date. So, but we expected that. I, I think, I think yeah. this is why we're trying to coalition build within, inside the country and also raise the campaign um, awareness. So, but we, we're developing a strategy um, to work with uh, a few local people to hopefully deliver, let's say, a more formal approach by letter, um, translated into Armenian as well, which I think would be very, very useful, very helpful and respectful. And also, um, yeah, to perhaps go and do some interviews. I'm a, I'm a journalist and um, I'm very keen to write a few pieces, which will get into press. And we, we've made some contacts there and maybe do a few um, interviews on television or radio um, when I go out, which will hopefully be very soon. So, so this is kind of what we're doing at the moment. Uh, but yeah, the actual official, um, I, I, to be honest, did we expect any responses from the officials? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to take time for the profile to raise before I think they will, they will deign us with a response. Um, so um, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. sure you you you've, you've suffered the same. Well, you experienced the same same thing. Yeah. So who are you? How dare you tell us what to do with our elephant, etc. Yeah, yeah. I think that's definitely uh, was a challenge for us too. We didn't get a response from the zoo uh, until we actually took it to court. So it took uh, a lot of persistence. But I think what you're saying about sort of creating a grassroots movement within um, yeah. Armenia would be a good, a really good idea um, because getting local people involved is also is always good. And using your voice as a journalist to amplify um, their message and, you know, the campaign for uh, Bunka would be uh, really helpful in projecting uh, this vision. And I was uh, wondering, what is your vision for Bunka? Do you have a home in mind for him yet or, you know, bringing him with another elephant? Uh, our vision for Bunka, and let, let, we'll be honest about this, is, is to not remain within the zoo system. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we feel that if another elephant is brought into, well, and, and this is being, has been discussed in Armenia, to bring another elephant so he's not lonely. But that's just subjecting yet another elephant to the conditions of that zoo, which is wrong. Uh, it also perpetuates this merry-go-round um, of elephants being moved from place to place, families broken up, friendships broken. Um, we don't want um, to be part of that. Um, we don't want him to be part of that. You, you know, because uh, uh, you've been posting some of these recent reports that talk about the tremendous amount of space that elephants, not not just companionship, but space, uh, mm-hmm. but, and particularly for the bull elephants. So um, <clears throat> we want him to have room and space. So we would, uh, our aim is to get him to a sanctuary of some sort. Um, there's many different definitions of sanctuary. Um, and I've certainly been looking at a few. Uh, and I've just completed um, a trip out to Thailand. Now, we think, um, and a couple of experts have commented on this by Bunker's appearance. Remember, Bunker was, bor- was um, born in a zoo, but that he is of a sort of Thai Laos area. 
Uh, he's an Asian elephant, but we think he's from that region. That's a couple of people have suggested that just by looking at him uh, and his profile, slightly different to uh, the Indian Asian elephant and and the Nepalese one. So this is this is this is where we we kind of think it would be an amazing amazing symmetry to 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 get him back to his range origin. We and we do know that his mother was was um, let's say. Um, stolen away from uh, the jungles of Laos uh, in, oh, <coughs> in Southeast Asia um, and smuggled in, well, not smuggled in, probably done perfectly legally, he says in inverted commas, um, uh, to, the, to the zoo in uh, Tbilisi in Georgia. So she is, we know she's of Laos origin, so we don't know, I'm not sure about the father. So, so uh, um, I've been on a recent trip to, to Thailand. I just got back two days ago. I was in Thailand and, and Laos and um, and uh, writing about uh, elephant-related stories about sanctuary. Uh, I got the privilege and honour to meet um, Lek Chalat um, from Elephant Nature Park and, um, and Derek Thompson, who's so intimately involved with um, the, uh, the transportation of Kaban from Islamabad Zoo to the yeah. Cambodia Wildlife Sanctuary. It was great to meet them. I met other um, small sanctuary owners, <coughs> excuse me, uh, other small sanctuary owners who were, um, you know, very, very interesting to see how they're doing things. And and I approached a couple of them and with an idea that perhaps if we are able to secure Bunker's um, freedom, and we really hope we are, but we realise there's a long fight ahead, um, that they might take him. And um, uh, we had a sanctuary south of... Um, um, south of Bangkok, two hours south of Bangkok, that have agreed um, they could find a place for him and are happy to write us a letter of intent. And likewise, um, uh, Derek um, Thompson of um, EMP um, said that, um, you know, if, if we ever get to that point of getting him out, um, there will be a home for him in the Cambodian Wildlife Sanctuary. So can you imagine that? Him being yeah, in the same be the world famous Kavan. So, yeah. which would so, but look, we haven't ruled out other options. We realise mm-hmm. there's, there's, you know, the, the actual idea of taking taking him all the way to Southeast Asia from from sort of Central Asia, Caucasus region, it would be expensive, um, and it would require some effort. But um, and you know, it would be probably easier to get him to a European sanctuary. But there aren't many European sanctuaries at the moment, and there's very, very little space um, for mm-hmm. bulls at the moment. Um, you know, the, a few that I visited have been females. Um, yeah, so that's that's a challenge. But yeah, in, in, yeah. So I can say I can say officially we have had two um, two promises to help in terms of sanctuary for him, um, having a place for him if we manage to 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 do what we're aiming to do is try and get him out. So. Which is exciting, right. and I, I love the idea of him being in like in the jungle. In the, um, I, I got the real privilege of seeing captive elephants and a new project out in Thailand. Ca- elephants that have been in the bondage of tourism and and logging, roaming once again semi wild in these jungle areas, and they're happy and they look at home and they're relaxed. And I just thought, wow, wouldn't that be incredible seeing see, seeing him in that same environment? Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I think, um, I think that sounds amazing about Silent and congratulations on the two potential sanctuaries. I really hope it works out. Um, and yeah, I've, you know, I've encountered many people who've had, you know, doubts about, 
rewilding or not even rewilding just sending mm -hmm. elephants back people say oh the elephant has been captive for so long they just wouldn't they won't adapt to that natural environment but i i just don't think that that's valid unless we try and i think that that's where the whole one of the arguments is for just keeping the elephant in the zoo they're like oh just bring another elephant because they're not going to be solitary anymore and they've lived their whole lives in the zoo but i don't think that's any justification the whole point is to stop bringing in wild-caught individuals and also to get a better life for the current captive elephants, especially in these amazing sanctuaries. And um, just speaking about sanctuaries in Europe, which we uh, mentioned, I had read your article about the Elephant Haven Sanctuary in France, and you're, uh, you talk about the importance of bringing a better life for elephants. And I was just wondering, what was your experience visiting the sanctuary and um, just an overall view of the state of captive elephants in Europe, given, as you said, they have limited sanctuaries. Because I think I read in the Born Free report, there are almost 600 captive elephants in yeah. Europe, which is crazy. Yeah. And, 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 a high, and, a, and a significant number of um, sole lonely elephants as well. Um, mm -hmm. this, this, I, mean, I mean, zoos vary in quality for sure. Um, for me, I don't, I, I don't like them per se. But I think there are many different um, facilities where Orchafra is slightly better uh, terms of existence than, than others. Um, Elephant, Elephant Haven is a really special place, actually. Uh, Sophie and Tony are, are two lovely individuals who've worked uh, in the care of elephants in zoos, um, so they really know what they're talking about. <clears throat> it's, a, it's a huge space. Um, down in the southern France region, so there's a nice climate. And I went there um, late last year to visit just after Gandhi had arrived um, from a zoo which failed in um, northern France. And to see this, she's quite an elderly girl, um, suddenly being reintroduced into these beautiful forests um, where she could just disappear off if she wanted to and um, and kind of live some sort of natural life um, or certainly some sort of peaceful life with when you you think about it again she she goes into this forest she, she can browse she can sniff around and see what 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 seems tasty for her to eat she can get a sense of of being free again and and really developing those instincts of, of an animal and this was a really uh, for me this was a, a really fantastic place um tony and sophie say there's i think there's room for a number of elephants she's um an asian female elephant and um certainly a few more could be um um could be taken in there and we believe that there is one where they've announced that um uh, who's coming? Who's coming? Is it Delhi? Delhi from a zoo in Czech. In, in, yeah, in the Delhi. Yeah, Delhi, yeah. So, and um, yeah, so, you know, soon she'll have companionship, which would be incredible. Um, again, it's that elephant's two main desires to have companionship and to have space and, and to have the mental stimulation of actually. Um, of actually finding their own food rather than it just being poked through the bars of a zoo and um, here's your pile of hay, get on with it, really. So it's it's great. It's, it's a really impressive facility, actually, um, and we need more of them. <clears throat> I will say in my country here in the UK, we've got 51 captive elephants and there's no sanctuaries. There's room 
for sanctuaries in the UK. And we, it would be a fantastic thing here because there's, there's too many elephants in this country and we need them, you know, we need to start changing that. And um, you raised that point about um, can they be taken and put in sanctuary or can they be rewilded? Um, I, I'm, I stand in the camp of they should be given a chance. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you just move them from one zoo to another. Is that really a, an upgrade? It might have slightly better facilities, but does that actually change their mental state, their physical state? I'm not so sure. So actually giving a, a, an elephant a chance to re-examine the world. You look at those videos from Kavan, uh, how much he is enjoying being in his jungle. Now, he's by himself at the moment because he's a bull and they do have fairly solitary habit, uh, habits, but... You know, I, I see I see him on these videos. He's he's exploring his his jungle section, and um, he seems to be happy. And he's he's putting on. I think he's got nice weight about him, and um, he looks extremely healthy. So um, I think, um, and experts I'm sure will will have a more more precise say on this than me. That they have wild instincts, which they don't necessarily lose from generation to generation, and. Um, so would we be confident Bunker could thrive? We we certainly feel yes. Um, yes, we do think that. And and likewise, there's a, um, <clears throat> a pretty interesting um, scheme um, in the UK at the moment from Aspinall's um, Zoo yeah. um, Foundation. And you, you, you will see that uh, they're planning to translocate potentially um, a dozen or so of a herd of elephants, yeah. um, which would which would be incredible, back to Kenya, back to the wild. Um, this is a scheme that, again, I, I'm pretty supportive of um, because I, I just believe that give them the chance to experience life. And, yes, there's there's risks involved, but, um, I mean, elephants, are not they're not meant to be in zoos. That, that's no life at all. So the thought of do they give it a try at freedom or do they just surrender to the fact that they'll be in captivity forever? And um, for me, it's it's a no-brainer, really. So, and can I right. also say, I know you've started. <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, it's this. okay. Go ahead. But um, when I, I you get it, you get an idea of of the instincts that uh, captive elephants have. So I, I uh, had the great privilege in Thailand of being the first eco volunteer at a new project, and this for me is the next level from sanctuary. Um, mm. The next. The, an eco project at called Omkoi Evolution. Um, this has been set up um, in conjunction with Lek uh, Chalet from Elephant Nature Park and, an, and a wonderful charity, which I'll give a big shout out to called uh, a nonprofit called Gentle Giants. And it's a, it's a deal between um, to support the incomes of the Karen, they're a hill tribe, um, hill tribe people in northern, uh, along the border of Myanmar to support their income um, by ecotourism to the village. And in return, they will not chain their elephants. Uh, they will refrain from using cruel um, treatment practices like the use of bullhooks, and they will keep their, their elephants in the surrounding jungle. And we were there for a week and I saw elephants which have been in captivity for most of their life in the, the horrid um, elephant riding tourism business. I saw them um, in the jungle. They were at ease. 
these the, they've only just you know they, they've only been brought back since covid um they were retrenched from their elephant riding camps because the camps couldn't feed them so they've come back into the jungles of the karen people they're living close to the community and they're roving through the jungle feeding themselves and they look relaxed and they look wonderful and the instincts were there i mean these are captive elephants that have been used to being fed and chained uh, and abused through riding and yet suddenly um they're in a, they're in a, a sort of semi wild uh, situation and uh, their instincts were most definitely um flourishing so that was that was that's a wonderful project and anybody's considering going to thailand go and support that project please um they need to raise income to keep those elephants um in the forests in the jungles around this community and uh to to make sure there's no possibility that the locals the local karen people who make money from their elephants will want to send them back into uh, a riding camp or a logging situation so yeah that sounds like a really interesting um you know um situation and we could definitely share the link uh for that charity uh so people can check it out and um yeah what you were talking about kind of also about wildlife tourism and how uh, with the riding of elephants and i think it just um goes back down to uh people are not educated and you know including myself before i actually became immersed in elephants i did not know about the um torture and mistreatment that elephants or any animals in entertainment go through just for us to you know supposedly just enjoy educate ourselves and you know just take selfies and engage with nature but it's not really engaging it's just putting them through more um torture mm-hmm. and uh what you were saying about instincts there's so many cases in India where uh temple elephants they just run amok and people classify them as dangerous but you know in reality they're elephants they have these wild instincts it's not unnatural for them and uh people go out of their way way to tame these elephants through the process called a crush where they just repeatedly beat the elephant to tame its wild spirit and i just think that's very shocking you know the lengths we're going to to preserve um wildlife tourism and um i think i was also wondering about you're obviously very passionate about elephants um elephant captivity in bunka and um since you've done so much are there any other animal welfare causes that you are passionate about um just generally I, I I think I mean for me I, I I love all animals um maybe maybe less so mosquitoes after <laughs> four weeks in the Thai jungle yeah. um, I, don't, I don't perhaps have the same empathy towards them but um yeah. I, I've never I've never tried to launch a campaign I've supported animals uh, via, via donations and sponsorships over the years and um, belonged to various charities and organisations. and and certainly written about um animals as well um but i know this is the first time i decided to take the plunge into um into actually trying to launch a campaign um to try and change the life for the better of of a one particular animal um yes elephants are a big favorite and i i think because of all the evidence i've read and certainly through things i've written um about their emotional intelligence and it's 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 you know it's painful to think an animal which is so sentient um is enduring you know mm-hmm. miserable lonely captivity so i think i think this this was the one that probably tipped me over the edge um from being somebody um who who loves wildlife and supports other people's campaigns so actually wanting to 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 run a campaign 
um, myself and with with my my colleague Tina. So, right, definitely. I think uh, the fact that elephants are so similar to us in terms of their social needs and uh, just how intelligent they are, I think definitely draws a lot of people, including me, into the cause. And um, actually, I was reading one of your articles last month, and you talked about the role of, sorry, it's unrelated, but you talked about the roles of whales in mitigating climate change. And I found that really interesting. Um, uh, can you just explain this connection for the listeners? Yeah, I, 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 th- I think, I mean, I mean, firstly, the obvious connection there is people, uh, listeners are going to think he just loves massive animals because whales are obviously immense and yeah. uh, as, as are elephants. But, and just as we, we talk about, we talk about elephants as being the gardeners of the forest mm-hmm. um, the way that they move and browse and they dig and they create um, ideal scenarios for new life to grow in forests, uh, to open up gaps, to, to replant seeds, etc., disperse seeds. Um, the same with whales as well. Uh, I'm, again, I'm, I'm pretty obsessed by whales. I've written a number of articles about them. And um, this article was based on, a, I was uh, a few months ago, uh, the great privilege of being in, the south, in South Georgia, the Subantarctic Island, and um, where they've been seeing a return of whales, a great regrowth of whales after the, the, the slaughter for, um, for their oil and blubber. Um, so that's that's a really heartening sight to see them coming back so heavily in the Southern Ocean seas. And I was really struck by an incredible an incredible um, statistic that somebody said that um, in the Southern Ocean um, does more for climate mitigation than the entire Amazon rainforest basin. So in terms of absorbing carbon, um, it's not just whales that do it, but um, diatoms and uh, plank- phytoplankton absorb a lot of carbon. And in the t- case of whales, um, they can host up to 33 tonnes of carbon in their body. So a large, we're talking about a large whale, maybe a blue whale or a humpback or a, uh, a fin whale. And um, so and when they when they die, they sink um, to the, the ocean floor and they lock that carbon away. Um, whales are also the great ocean travellers, and um, they will um, they spread their uh, let's say their excrement. Um, so basically, whale poo, and uh, they help fertilise uh, phytoplankton blooms and diatoms um, around around the globe with their great movements. So, and again, that is a major source of extracting carbon, unwanted carbon from the atmosphere. So. Um, the link there seems to be um, we need to protect our oceans. We need to um, we need to get whales whale numbers back up to where they were before the industrialised slaughter of them, which largely occurred um, during the twentieth um, century, late late nineteenth century, and um, we need to get those levels back up again. So we've got more whales in our ocean, and that can help us fight climate change. But mm-hmm. again, you know. Getting getting governments to get round and and protect our oceans properly is another campaign that many other people are fighting to protect our marine species. But but in this case, it seems like self interest. Um, yeah, you know why, why would we not want to protect a species that can actually help save our planet and human life on our planet? It, it again, it's 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 sometimes baffling. Um, sometimes baffling, but there's nothing rational about the destruction of wildlife, I think, and, um, and, and habitat across, across this world. So, but, um, but yeah, anyway, whales fascinate me. They're, they're amazing creatures. I absolutely adore them. 
and they're very secretive and mysterious, but mm-hmm. also huge benefits for our um, huge benefits for our environment. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and I think you highlight a larger need for just us to recognize the roles that animals play in. Uh, maintaining our own sustainability because often people perceive animal welfare to be just from a compassionate, compassionate, anti-cruelty perspective, which is, of course, um, very important. But it's also about the um, the benefits they provide to us, how they preserve our ecosystem services, what you were saying about, you know, elephants, how they're sort of the gardeners and keystone species, whales. And um, just, I mean, the other day I learned about how sea otters help mitigate climate change. So it's just it's really fascinating to learn um, about it. And um, lastly, I just wanted to hear more about you, uh, just, you know, about you being a traveler. I read on your website that you've traveled to over 140 countries, uh, which is amazing. And I was just wondering what would be your favorite or the most memorable one you've gone to so far? Oh, gosh, that's such a hard question, Nikita. I, I, <laughs> You know, I, for, for me now, nowadays, travel, travel for me is there's another element to it because I write um, and generally I'm going there to chase really interesting stories, um, hopefully engaging stories about our world, uh, our wildlife and our nature. And, and so I'm always wrapped up in a story and I, 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 you can find good everywhere, I think. Um, mm. Sometimes the stories you write are a little bit sadder in, in perhaps very broken countries. Um, where where the environment is bad and where the politics and the social conditions of people are very very bad, but um, I, I find good in everywhere I go. Where where what rare where do I really like? Um, uh, uh, Antarctica is a very strong area for me. Uh, I think probably the greatest wildlife experience I I have had came earlier this year on South Georgia because um, they say that South Georgia is the only ecosystem. Uh, which is bucking the trend of decline um, and is flourishing. Um, the whales, uh, the the elephant seals, the fur seals, the species of birds are all coming back, and they just reclaimed this island in massive, massive numbers. Penguins, huge, huge, huge colonies of penguins. So, uh, to actually go somewhere where life is actually flourishing, it's turning the tide on human destruction, was really quite, really quite special. Um, I, I, I travel, I travelled a lot to Africa, so I've seen a lot of uh, African wildlife places. I would say my favourite national park in Africa is Zakuma, which is in a place called Chad, uh, a much underrated mm-hmm. and much very little known about Chad, but. Again, uh, an organisation called Africa, uh, called African Parks, is is helping to revitalise that park, provide local jobs, uh, mm-hmm. local income for very impoverished communities working at the park, and the wildlife is flourishing there, including a return of their um, elephant herds, which were almost um, poached out of extinction to to local extirpation. So, so the whales of the, the the elephants have come back there, and that's a really amazingly beautiful. Um, um, ecosystem up in this sort of on the edge of the Sahara and um, the, the dry Sahelian region. So that was fantastic. Mm, yeah. But, um, I, yeah. Enthusiasm. Anyway, I, I had the privilege a few years ago of going to see. Um, well, we saw uh, an Asian Asian elephant. I haven't seen many Asian elephants in the wild because it's pretty difficult, as you know. It's yeah. there's so few of them now, and. Um, they're shy. They get chased around. And um, but I went. We went up to Chitwan National Park and um, saw an elephant bull in the wild, which was really fantastic. And also the 
one horned Asian rhino. So, and that was a thrilling thing for me because I'm also very interested in um, the plight of, of, of rhinos. So, um, so basically, yeah. it's hard. To, it's, it's hard for me to pin down anywhere in particular um, um, because I find merit in just about everywhere I, I travel. So. Right, right. Um, yeah, your journey sounds amazing, and I hope to personally visit Africa soon to see um, all the positive conservation efforts there. You know, like you said, there's good everywhere. And um, thank you so much for being here. I just wanted to bring it back to Bunka, and I'm sure so many people feel for him. I wanted to ask, what can our listeners do to help? Um, yeah, how can they help? Well, um, I mean, uh, what we're doing at the moment is we're we're trying to lay some foundations, and then what we'd like to do is 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 really start to ramp up. Um, let's say more people engaging more people to to make inquiries of the authorities. The first thing is we've got to discover who the authorities are and who we need to direct our messages to. So that's what we're working on at the moment. But I mean, we will be posting on social media. We'll try and expand our social media um, profile a little bit better. Uh, uh, we, we're way off the mark when, when we look at what you're doing, um, Nikita. So, which is is quite incredible. So, so we need to we need to do that, and then we will be asking people. We we'd like to get to the point where we we can get some solid contacts and ask people to to write in um i think the thing is when you have a generic email say info at yerevan zoo without knowing who the actual person is it's hard to address it so um, we want to get some solid contacts and if we feel that and um, the the uh, debate is not going our way we'll try and engage more yeah, uh, more more voices coming internationally to to contact Armenia and try and urge them to change the situation. Um, but at the moment, yeah, just keep keep following our posts and we'll try to keep everybody informed. And and when we're ready to uh, up this another level, we we will do. Um, and I said at the moment, it's just we're finding our footsteps. Um, we're trying to work out who we need to be um, approaching, and um, and then once we've got that platform established. We can, we can, we'll certainly be asking people for help. And so anybody that hasn't signed a free bunker um, petition, um, we're on change.org. So, and come and visit our website at freebunker.com and you'll get a, a bit of background on him and some of the other wonderful cases uh, and supporters um, organizations who are following us at the moment. So, um, yeah, uh, stay tuned, I would say. Um, we're in our early stages, but we're, 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 we're certainly going to ask for, for help from people um, in due course. Yeah, okay, yeah. I will also link um, the petition and your website and all the information um, on the podcast so uh, people can definitely go check that out. And congratulations on everything you've accomplished so far. And I really hope it works out for Bunker. It's an amazing cause. Uh, we hope by listening to your story, Mark, uh, the listeners can feel more inspired to advocate for the rights of animals all across the world. And yes, we really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for coming. It was my pleasure. And also, let's say, uh, Free Shankar as well. Good luck with this, Nikita. This is a, a terrible case of injustice. Yep. And I, 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 you're doing wonderful work. And I really hope um, you can enact some change there, help enact some change there. So uh, congratulations on the campaign you're running. And lovely to talk to you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Have a nice day.